0: Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. I'm your host, Celine Chenoy. Thank you to all of you who return every week to tune in to become a better version of yourself. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already and rate our show if you enjoyed this episode. These days, there's a lot of talk about financial freedom and how to achieve it. But how many of us know what it means to be free from within? How can we free ourselves from self-imposed limitations that prevent us from living fully expressed lives? To help me answer those questions, I invited Dr. Jervon James. She is the founder of Everyday Peace. Her goal is to use her platform to educate, empower, and inspire others. She has a doctorate degree in pharmacy and has worked as a pharmacist all of her life. Besides being a successful pharmacist, she is a motivational speaker and the author of Freedom Is Your Birthright, and an actress whose career credits include a recurring role on HBO's acclaimed The Wire, many stage plays, and independent films. Join us for this inspiring conversation where Dr. Jervon and I touch on some key ways that we can unleash our greatness into the world by overcoming fears and pain from the past. We also discuss some steps that we can take to have open and loving relationships. Hi, Jervon. How are you today? I am wonderful. Excited to be on your show. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me and my listeners today. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on how we can experience more freedom in our lives.
1: Oh, wonderful. I'm happy to share that information with you. It's one of my passions.
0: Great. So I had the chance to read a little bit of your story, and you certainly have an interesting and prolific personal and professional background could you please speak a little bit about the key events in your life uh, which had the biggest impact on you?
1: Oh, I'd be happy to. And I'm going to take, a, a, take us all the way back to age 17, which is how I began my journey on everyday peace. I was headed to pharmacy school it was the summer before I was leaving for college. And my younger brother gave me a book, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. That book change what I wanted to do with my life. I always knew that I wanted to help people. I had never heard of an inspirational speaker or motivational speaker of any kind. But when I read that book, I realized that although I was going to college to get my doctorate degree in pharmacy, which I did do, I really was interested in helping people on a more inner level, a soul level, if you will, that I felt and still do feel that it would impact every aspect of their life, including their health. So I began my journey there, and that was the biggest impact. It, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't really know what it was going to look like. But as life does, um, it took me through a lot of trials and tribulations, and I got into the field of consulting as a pharmacist and really saw the, my patient population as well as my peers, the doctors and nurses and other pharmacists that I was working with, really could be doing more with this wonderful life that we had. And I started incorporating what I called my everyday peace talks at the end of my pharmacy drug therapeutic talks. And people just loved it. So another huge impact in my life was when I got invited by one of my um, pharmacy healthcare clients to be a keynote speaker at their event. And they said, uh, we want you to come in but do not talk about pharmacy. I'm like, what? Don't talk about pharmacy. They said, no, please talk about that thing that you do at the end of your lectures, that peace segment. And that was really the beginning. I knew that it had impacted my life, these principles, but really having someone, people from a scientific background say, this is resonating with us, is resonating with our staff, is resonating with our uh, patient population. We want to hear more about it at a keynote event. And so I did. And that's how I, said, okay, let me branch out and start doing this on a larger scale. So that was really impactful in my life. And it's been a wonderful blessing to me and for the audiences that I that I share with on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. I love how you incorporated your interest in personal development with your career in pharmacy. And I think that's what really set, set you apart from everyone else.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think life is a circle, you know, it's, it's not as compartmentalized as we try to make it every, because of my beliefs, because of my practice in life, I think make me a whole person. And I and part of that is my um, chosen profession as a pharmacist.
0: Right, right. That's great. And I see that you were finally able to take all that wisdom and put it into a book. And your book is... Freedom is Your Birthright, which is a great title, by the way. And you you mentioned that we all have the power to achieve the next level of greatness that lies within us. Could you explain how we can achieve that on a practical level?
1: I certainly will. And I want to tell you that that book, Freedom is Your Birthright, is the first book in my series called The Stepping Stone Series. We're stepping our way to a life of peace every day. So the first the first stepping stone on having a life of peace every day is accepting that freedom is your birthright. And it's more simple than what you think is what I call simple complex because the principles are simple. The the complex part is practicing it and making it a part of your everyday life. But here is this, the simplest um, broken down to the simplest element is that we must accept that we are creators on this journey, that we create. Right now, you and I are creating a conversation. We're putting forth information, but all day long, we are creating. In, In order to be consciously creating, we have to know that we are free to perceive anything that the way that we want to perceive it, meaning that we give the meaning to something. We give the meaning to it. So I was just talking to my boss a little while earlier. He said, well, his car wouldn't open today. In Baltimore, we are in the middle of an ice kind of event, and he had to call a, a company to come open his car, and he was late to work. Now, that right there, some would say, is a horrible start to an already icy, cold, miserable day. Or we could say, this is an opportunity for me to slow down a little bit, right? This me calling a locksmith to come open my car generates the economy, right? It makes business for somebody else. I'm so fortunate to have an insurance plan that it's all about perception. Everything, we are free to do that. And although we are not talking about religion ever, but I want to give you a great story that in the Garden of Eden or wherever you can find the story in so many different sources, man is given the opportunity to name things, to name things. So freedom being your birthright, really the skinny of the whole thing is that we have the freedom. We have the freedom to call the event, to give the event meaning. The event we may not have control over, things happen. And so we have to become very, very skilled of what I call finding gratitude in the eye of the storm. Things are happening. Some things we would never want to happen in our lives and they're happening anyway. So we have to look in there and we have to say, it doesn't have to be gratitude in that event. It can be gratitude for something else. I'm so grateful that I have someone to talk to about this. I'm so grateful that I have the resources to do whatever. I'm so grateful that I live in a country where I have the opportunity to do. We have to really focus on gratitude. When we do that, it puts us in a position to create change in our life. And it's so very important because, remember, we're always creating. We're either creating bondage or we're creating freedom. And we're here to create a free atmosphere for ourselves and for others. No shame, no blame, no condemnation. Looking at life and saying, this is what the situation is. Never, ever do I support suppressing it and acting like it's not going on. But in the eye of that event, saying, here is something that I have to be grateful for and staying in the moment.
0: Yeah, I love it. But you know, Jervon, it is kind of hard to do in the moment. You have that knee jerk reaction and you're just like, Oh my God, why is this happening? And I think the trick is learning how to really stop that impulse and kind of like, Being able to take that objective approach and get into that state of gratitude, I think that's where people find it challenging, you know, to to, to move into that that freedom that you you talk about, that freedom to choose a a different way of seeing a, a certain event, that's
1: You're absolutely right, and myself included, because this is a lifelong journey. Everyday piece is a lifelong journey. We don't do it once and then get it, which is my personality. I like to have a to- to-do list. I like to accomplish something and move on, but that's not how this works. We really have to have a practice of it, which is why I call it simple complex, but I would love to give you a a, a quick tip that works. First thing in the morning, I make what I call an active gratitude list. It's a list of three things that I am grateful for. Now, that word active is so important. Active means I generate energy around it. I create energy around it. And I like to give this really simple thing. A few months ago on my radio program, I talked about, I woke up that morning and I just thought about blinking, blinking my eyes. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to blink my eyes. And I got really, really excited about it. I thought, well, I don't know the complete mechanism of the eye, but I know that it's really wonderful that I don't have to put it on my to-do list and remember to blink With the list of all the other things I have to do all day, my body just does it automatically. My eyes stay moisturized and hydrated and all the other good things that go along with blinking my eyes. And I got really excited and happy about it. That created an an energy around me. And I do that for three things every morning. I, I list three things. They can be really small or they can be really big. So when I get into... What I call the eye of the storm and it happens for all of us, things that happen in our day that we wish were not happening. I have this little card and it's taped right to my desk. I look down on that and I look at the first thing that's on there and I think, Oh wow. And I generate automatically. It's like our nervous system knows it automatically. It generates this positive energy, which rushes through me, which causes me to stay active in the moment. Because fear and anxiety exist in the past and in the future. In the moment, I am safe. I am whole. I am complete. There is nothing missing and there is nothing broken. And that practice, it is a practice, that practice helps us to then be able to be creative enough. We start reducing our cortisol levels, those are stress levels. We start reducing that. And creativity comes up. And that's problem-solving. If you want to, you know, so that helps us that if if we take anything away from this conversation, I encourage everyone to do that three lists of active gratitude, three items every morning. It will make a huge difference in your day.
0: No, that's beautiful. But I think nowadays people, when they think about freedom, they think about it in terms of in the material sense, financial freedom, and a lot of focus goes on how to achieve that. And how is that different from the internal freedom that you talk about? And what are the key indicators that we are truly free from within?
1: Oh, I love that question because I I live this principle in my life, and I live with two teenagers. And my son said to me, "He goes, well, I'm not free to do anything I want. It's not <laughs> <Yeah>. my
0: birthright." <laughs> right.
1: And so, so that's so because you know, because
0: money money does give you more options and does, more freedom potentially. So it's easier to fall into the trap of thinking that. Having more money equals to freedom,
1: uh, right? So and, how and it does. You explain so
0: explain that to someone,
1: right? So first, I like to give this example, I, and is that we all know we can point, and it's so easy to, to talk about the entertainment industry because they have our eye, they have the you know the press. So we all know of entertainers who have so much money; they seem to have the they have what I call um, the big, you know, they have the big life, that everything's going great for them. They have the money, they have the luxuries. And then we read these stories and we're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Or we read about these untimely demises that seem like their life was so miserable, even though they have all of the money. So we know that money is not the answer. Money is an answer. I will not discount money, but I will say this, that the order of things is so very important. Developing an internal freedom where you really are creating from the inside organically organically moves energies towards you, which brings other things towards you the money, the health, the relationships. I divide life into three big categories: every goal that we have falls into either what I call the big three: health, wealth, and relationship so you're right when you're when your money is not great, you say, oh gosh i'm not free I, I don't have this freedom. The money is not an external event." Alone, it is generated from an internal energy. If you receive the money and you don't have this internal presence, the money will not cause the peace that you are looking for. All the cars, all the clothing, all the beautiful homes and beautiful vacations will not satiate you and cause you to have a life of everyday peace. You have to start from the beginning, from the inside, and organically those things will happen. Your creativity will increase because your stress levels are lower and automatically you'll start thinking of ways to improve relationships, to draw more money into your space, to maybe relocate to environments where the money, where the opportunities are, are greater and those opportunities to relocate uh, become more open to you. So the internal freedom is paramount. It is the foundation of having a life where you have these external freedoms.
0: Because then that will kind of guide you to other forms of abundance, Right.
1: It definitely will. It opens the way. It opens yeah. the way. When we pursue those things externally first, we leave a big void, and it does not it doesn't work out well for us.
0: Right, right. I mean, I've I've actually met like taxi drivers and farmers who seem so happy with their life. To me, they they seem to have that freedom that you speak about. I, of course, money does help, but that it does not necessarily guarantee that you can be free from within
1: absolutely and you know when you have that freedom from within the money will come and it's not like oh just come floating through the wind you you become a magnet your creativity expands right so it it will come but you you first want to really develop the internal freedom put all of your energy there and the external freedoms and those things that you're looking for externally will come into your life
0: right Right. And you know, another thing that people want to be free of is past hurts, past wounds, especially the wounds from past relationships that still hurt us, you know, all that emotional baggage that we're having a hard time getting over. Uh, Do you have any advice on how people can get over that over those uh, pains?
1: Oh, my dear. Yes. Let me tell you, you can't live as long as I have without having a lot of past emotional pain <laughs> and heartache. And so, and, and, and the beautiful thing about this is that I'm now doing a tour called the Self-Love Explosion Tour. We just left Sacram- Sacramento, Sacramento uh, this month. We'll be in Birmingham, Alabama in uh, February. And self-love is the foundation for external relationships. So, uh, When we are talking about dealing with the past, the past can cause us a lot of depression because we think about, oh my gosh, I was so hurt there. I was so hurt in this event and it can draw more of that energy to us. So foundationally, we want to love on ourselves. I want to give your listeners and everyone a big tip on how to do this. I recommend this every day. When you find yourself in that place where you're just feeling down about what has happened to you in a past love relationship or maybe you are desiring to have one? Go within and ask yourself this honest question. What am I feeling right now and why? If you can write it down, is even better. Don't censor your answer. Don't judge your answer. Just wait for the true answer to come. If you get a real quick answer, ask more probing questions. And then when you get that answer, your response will always be this. And it must be this in this order. I hear you talking about your inner self. I understand and I love you. I hear you. I understand and I love you. That produces an energy where you can become a greater lover of self, forgiver of others and forgiver of yourself. Because truly you don't want anything to stay in your life that doesn't want to be in your life. You want to make room for greatness in your life. You want those. Sometimes we think we want somebody. I think back to when I was 20. Oh my gosh, how I really wanted this person. And you know, oh, I'd do anything for this person to stay. And then you get to 30 and you realize, oh, that person wasn't so great.
0: (laughs) We've all been there. We are all that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So, we, so,
1: you, so you know, we will, and and that comes with maturity, but the pain is still the same. It's the same. The pain is great at twenty. It's at, at thirty. At forty, that heartache is the same. So, this method will help you to deal with the heartache, but it also helps you to put love in the universe by pulling it from within, and so you start sending love to that past relationship. And organically, what happens is that that spot that was so sore that hurts so bad inside of you. It starts to gloss over with this sweet honey, like love that comes from within you. It, it heals you and it draws to you what belongs in that space. It's okay. a simple process. This all these things are simple, complex. They're really, really simple. Anybody can do them, but it does take practice and start practicing before you get the heartache. Start loving in yourself before the heartache comes because people are people and we're going to have, great relationships and we're going to have relationships that dissolve that's part of the journey
0: right and you you know what also helped me was getting perspective on on the experience by asking myself what did it teach me and how can I how can I get better from this from this experience that I had I think that also helped me deal with with getting over the pain and along with you know loving myself more
1: Right, you, what you just said right there is such a mature statement because, really, every obstacle—I call them stumbling blocks—in my book, every stumbling block comes to serve you. So we're talking about relationships now, and those those disappointing parts that we would call disappointing. In relationships, really come to better us. So that reflection that you just mentioned, asking yourself, now how can I become a better person here? Not that I'm a bad person already, but we—none of us is perfect. There's some improvement I could do here. Maybe, you know, not to be so uh, giving in the beginning. To do to do more investigative work. To keep things more social. You know, these things it, it allows us to ask ourselves questions first. And get to know ourselves better and put ourselves in a position where we are more improved than what we were the day before because of the so-called stumbling block.
0: Right, right. Painful experiences like this can make us especially more wary. You know, we can build walls as a result of this. And do you have any tips on how we can get comfortable with being vulnerable again with a partner and you know, being able to share our personal truth with them.
1: Yes. Yes. Vulnerability is one thing that so many of us are afraid of. And we, we, we hide ourselves behind sarcasm, behind, as you meant, close ourselves off to love or, and really we don't want to do that because at, we are safe. That is the first thing you have to realize you're safe within the relationship. You're safe that the la- relationship dissolves knowing that you are safe. Knowing that you, in this moment, you are safe allows you to be your authentic self. It doesn't mean that you want to give everybody all of your past information all at once. It means that I can be my authentic, true self in this moment. And who I am, who you are, is forever evolving. It's evolving. So you don't have to judge how you you are in this relationship by how you were in the last relationship. There's no need to do that. You are evolving, but you can become vulnerable and become secure in your vulnerability by accepting the fact that you are safe. In this moment, you are safe. You are not your past. You are not your future, which has not yet occurred. In this moment with this individual, you are safe. And as I say that, something pops in my mind. I was doing a women's conference not too long ago, and a woman said to me, that she goes into relationships and she is very financially free. She starts paying for things. And so you may want to learn from that. That doesn't mean that she's being less vulnerable. It may mean that you're being a bit more prudent with your resources. So some cautionary things, You know, maybe we don't turn a relationship into a physical experience as quickly as we had in the past because we are evolving and we're learning what that does to our insides and how that changes our mood. So those things allow yourself to be cautionary in those parts, but not closed off, never closed off your authentic self in that moment.
0: Right. And do you think that pacing yourself when it comes to developing intimacy with a partner? Do you think that's also a big part of this uh, this process of getting to know someone? Yes. Yeah.
1: I got to. I've been a pharmacist for twenty eight years. Twenty eight years working in the healthcare profession, and I tell people have a relationship. Have a relationship that is void of physical contact for as long as you can. Really get to know a person on a higher level, you know, before you involve this physical aspect because it complicates things and it doesn't allow you to really explore other wonderful parts of the relationship. So I, I am a big proponent of that, um, you know, to love on many levels. There's so many levels to love. And of course, physical love is important. It's beautiful, but let's not make it the first part that we get to know about people because sometimes it clouds our vision for really getting to know the other wonderful aspects of the individual. And you get to know an individual on so many levels. If you think friendship, all true relationships are built on friendships. I have been married for 23 years, and I will tell everybody that every relationship, all good relationships are built on friendships first because there will be conflict. In the best of relationships, there will be conflict. And if if your foundation is built on physicality. Then it's a very, it's like building on sand. Sometimes it's like building on water, but um at best it's building on sand. And so there isn't a secure foundation. But when you have this friendship, a respect for ideas, a respect for values, they don't mean that our values are exactly the same, but they're in the, in the ballpark. You know, our problem solving techniques, what I call your true north, the things that, you, that are hard and fast for you. Get to know those about the person that you think that you want to develop a physical relationship with. Therefore, thereby, when you have these conflicts and obstacles and stumbling blocks present themselves, we have something to fall back on. We have a commonality, a respect to fall back on. And it all starts with you first, you first having an internal love and respect for yourself.
0: Wow. That sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I was just thinking, I wish, I wish I knew this in in my early (laughs) twenties. Would have been really, I think a lot of people can, would probably think that women who are who have past their 20s. They're like, if only I knew.
1: <laughs> right. But isn't it so wonderful that now we get to reach back and we get to tell somebody else? I know. You know, because it's, it's never too late to change and it's never too late to evolve. And so, you know, our, our, our story is still being told. And we'll tell it to someone who's 20 and they'll hear parts of it. And that's, that's where, they, they, you know, they won't hear the whole story or they won't believe the whole story. And that's okay. Right. It is a journey, but as they go along in life, as we move along in life, it's like, oh, I remember I heard this woman or I heard this talk. I heard about Michelle Obama and this is what I want. And those things will help to guide us. Right. But, yeah. No regret. No regret. Absolutely not. No.
0: Wonderful. I really enjoyed our conversation today, Dravon. Oh,
1: it's a pleasure being here and talking with you.
0: Yeah, freedom really is essential to everyone's happiness, and you've certainly shown us how we can get there during our conversation today.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad to do it.
0: Could you please let everyone know how they can find out more about you and your services? Oh, wonderful. Yes.
1: So you can find out about me on my website, which is Um Also, you can... Um, order the book on amazon.com, which is freedom is your birthright. It's a very, very tiny book, less than a hundred pages. So it's that way on purpose. So you can go cover to cover and use it as a reference. Also, you can, um, find out about tours that I'm going to be on, on my website as well. And I'm on social media. So you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. You have a great day.
0: You have a great day too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.